Matt Schauf and Jared Smoll are ready to run you through the week three slate on DraftKings main slate. Of course, that is Jared. Before we get to those picks, though, how did week two treat you on DK? I won in cash and lost in tournaments, as you know, as we've said, will we'll be the case most weeks. Um, I, I, I did have a nice um, Justin Herbert team that, that cash, you know, it was a min cash. So I was still down a bit in tournaments on the week. So I feel like we're as usual, we're, we're close. We're, you know, a guy or two away. And that's what, it, you know. To win tournaments, you got to be perfect at pretty much every spot. I haven't quite got there yet, but I think we're uh, we're zeroing in on that that tournament win. It's coming. Yeah, and most of the people that you see flash their wins on you know X or whatever are people that put a lot of money into and a lot of lineups into those tournaments, and people that are also not posting their losses. So uh, don't <laughs> yes, get straight away with how you yeah. play your DFS. Let's move on to the picks by position quarterback. Uh, the top two values, if you look at the lineup generator, the top two values come from opposite ends of the salary spectrum. We've got Patrick Mahomes at 8,300 against the Bears. We've got Gardner Minshew, 5,100, likely to fill in for Anthony Richardson, who has a concussion against the Ravens this week. They are tied in our dollars per point projections. Jared, are you favoring either of these guys or someone else as your cash QB? Yeah, so I, I think in cash this week, I found a way to play Tony Pollard, Justin Jefferson, and Tyreek Hill which we can talk about those guys later here. But to do that, you need to play Gardner Minshew, which I think is what I'm going to do. Anytime a quarterback is, is this cheap, they're viable just because the the range of scoring on quarterbacks isn't as wide as other positions, right? Like it's tough for a quarterback to score fewer than, you know, like 14 drafting points, which would honestly be, be good enough for Minshew. I think he'll do better than that. Um, I think he's a capable NFL quarterback. He has experience in this offense. Minshew spent the previous two seasons with Colts head coach Shane Steichen in, in Philadelphia. He started, played four full games in Philly under Steichen. Minshew averaged 264 yards and 1.8 passing touchdowns per game in those four games with Philly. That was obviously with, you know, A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. So it's, it's a bit easier there than it's going to be with the Colts here. But again, I just think he's a capable quarterback. He can give us some rushing production. That That's kind of dried up the last three years, but Minshew averaged 22 rushing yards per game in his first two NFL seasons with Jacksonville. I still think, you know, he has that type of ceiling. And as it, as we've talked about, and I think this will continue, the Colts have been going, you know, fairly pass heavy and playing at a fast pace. And I, I don't really see why they, you know, change that going from a rookie quarterback to, you know, a more veteran quarterback. I think Minshew can handle it. So, um, you know, not an ideal matchup against Baltimore, a, a tough defense, but I just think Minshew will do enough at this price tag to, to pay off in cash. And worth noting on that rushing yards point, Gardner Minshew started his career in Jacksonville on a team that wasn't great. He spent the past couple of years in Philly behind one of the best offensive lines in the league. He's not going to be a designed run play guy. So probably going to face a little bit more pressure as the Colts quarterback behind that O-line. That could mean a bit more rushing. And I, I agree, a capable quarterback. The Baltimore defense is tough. It's got it's had some injuries in the secondary, so there is upside and downside, but that's what you're paying down for $5,100 for your cash quarterback here. Tournament side, what do you like at QB on DK? The big decision to make in tournaments this week is what to do with that Vikings Chargers game. You know, do you want to play Kirk Cousins and Justin Herbert? So who I think are going to be the two highest owned quarterbacks on draft games. And you definitely can. You just have to, you know, make sure you're getting different enough around them. Um, I like Lamar Jackson as a tournament play, who I think. At this price, 7700 bucks in this matchup against the Colts, I think in a lot of weeks he, he'd be the chalk quarterback. But right now we have him coming in at just 6% projected ownership because of that Chargers-Vikings game. There are some other you know spots I think people are going to go to. So I like getting Lamar Jackson at 6% in this matchup. You know The Colts have allowed the ninth most fantasy points to quarterback so far 
And last week in Baltimore's first game without J.K. Dobbins, we did see some good things for Lamar going forward. First of all, the Ravens went plus 2.5% pass rate over expected, so they leaned pass. And Lamar Jackson had six designed rushing attempts. That was up from two designed rushing attempts in week one. So I do think that's going to continue. You know, without J.K. Dobbins, they're going to use Lamar Jackson more in the running game. He hasn't given us a whole lot of fantasy points so far, but Lamar Jackson's completing about 75% of his passes. So it's not like he's not performing as a passer. He just hasn't really had to. We haven't gotten the touchdowns from it, but scoring's coming. And there's no big risk to the matchup against the Colts this week. Over to running back, we've got Isaiah Pacheco up top in the dollars per point. Top 10 in our PPR rankings for the week. Jared, are you too high on Isaiah Pacheco for week three? <laughs> this hamstring thing sucks. Um, you know, he did return to a limited practice on, on Thursday. We're going to see what he does on Friday and how he's listed on the final injury report. Pacheco would not be a cash game play for me because of the hamstring thing because, you know, you can't count on a ton of passing game production, you know, target value for Pacheco. So I, I am interested in him for tournaments, not for cash. Again, I am, I'm playing Tony Pollard in cash. Um, he's $8,000, but he's seen 39 carries and 11 targets through two games. He's dominating the Cowboys work near the goal line. Pollard has 12 carries inside the 10 yard line that easily leads the league. And you have this matchup against the Cardinals. You know, the Cowboys are 12 and a half point favorites with a 27.75 point implied total. It's, you know, an ideal spot for any running back. Yeah. The biggest risk for Tony Pollard this week might be that the team is up so much that he doesn't yes. play the whole game. Maybe he loses some, exactly. but we saw him still on the field way into the fourth quarter of that season opening game where they were just demolishing the giants. So it's not, it's not actually a risk. I say that tongue in cheek. I would not alter my plan for uh, Tony Pollard based on that tournament side. What are you playing at running back here? Yeah. So we talked about this chargers Vikings game. I like, playing the running backs on both sides of this game as a way to get contrarian. So you have Alex Madison at $5,800, Josh Kelly at $5,400. Alex Madison, it's been ugly. He has not been efficient. He has faced, you know, two pretty tough run defenses so far in the Bucks and Eagles. Those teams rank 12th and 4th in run defense DVOA so far this season. Now he gets the Chargers who rank 25th in run defense DVOA. And Madison has, has dominated Vikings backfield work. 83% of the running back carries and 11 and a half percent target share. So if the workload continues in a better matchup in a likely shootout, I think Madison has a chance to pay off in tournaments. And then Josh Kelly, I like even more. He's a bit cheaper than Madison. Again, $5,400 on DraftKings. Assuming Austin Eckler is out, obviously, which looks very likely. We saw Kelly be the true, the, the easy, you know, lead back for the Chargers last week with Eckler. He played 79% of the Chargers offensive snaps, got 13 of 18 running back carries, just had a bad matchup against Tennessee and disappointed, but matchup much better here. Minnesota 27th in football outsiders run defense DVOA. They've allowed 4.8 yards per carry through running back so far, including that big game to DeAndre Swift last week. So I think getting exposure to this game, but, but doing it through the running backs, I think is a, is a way to get different. You're basically just hoping you know, a big percentage of the touchdowns in this game go to these running backs rather than through the passing games. Are you at all worried about Alexander Madison lacking the ultimate upside of other running backs like, you know, 100 yards and two touchdowns? I know that when you're going for this high scoring matchup against a soft yep. run defense, you know, you're eyeing the possibility of him getting into the end zone a couple of times. But I wonder if 
even in that 5k range, if maybe there are better ways to go to find a player who's also more capable of topping hundred yards, who's in an offense that might actually lean his way more heavily than the Vikings probably will. Yeah. I think Madison's lack of big playability is not ideal, but I think the touchdown upside plus his passing game role, again, he has an 11% target share so far this season. So like he's a guy who can catch, you know, four or five passes in a game. So I, I think, I think he has a path to, you know, 25 DraftKings points, which is, you know, all you would need at this price tag. We shall see about Alexander Madison this week. Wide receiver, similar to QB up top. If you look at the values in the lineup generator, we've got cheap Tank Dell, 3,600 at the top. Tyreek Hill and Justin Jefferson right behind him, both at 9K plus in DraftKings salary. What's your cash plan at wideout? My cash plan at wideout, again, to fit in Pollard, I'm going to play Jefferson. I'm going to play Tyreek. What I'm doing this week and I rarely do is I'm playing four wide receivers in cash. I'm going to play Tank Dell. I'm going to play Adam Thielen as well. Um, so Tank Dell, $3,600, our top value at wideout on DraftKings. Noah Brown on IR, that moved Tank Dell into a full-time role last week. Ran her out on 83% of the Texans' dropbacks, got a 21% target share, caught seven passes for 72 yards and a touchdown. I just think he's like close to $1,000 underpriced for this role he's playing now. And then Adam Thielen, I mean, it's not it's not fun. But he's thirty nine hundred dollars, and he saw nine targets on a twenty seven percent target share last week. That's you know, kind of what we were ex- expecting. You know, maybe not twenty seven percent targets, but we were kind of expecting him to be the clear leader in this passing game coming into the season. I do think that's going to continue for as long as he's healthy. I don't know if this is a hot take, but I, I I think Andy Dalton is an upgrade over Bryce Young at this point in their careers. Dalton was solid for the Saints last season. Dalton, by the way, is going to start for the Panthers this week. Uh, Bryce Young dealing with an ankle injury. Dalton last year for the Saints, 67% completion rate, 7.6 yards per attempt. Like he's a capable quarterback. And the final reason I like Thielen is we do want to attack the Seahawks defense in the middle of the field. They're they're much stronger on the outside with their corners out there. Um, And Thielen played 68% of his snaps in the slot through the first two games of the season. I think that'll continue. So he's going to have the better matchup than these, you know, guys like Mingo and and Chark on the outside. Yeah, I like it. And it shouldn't be a hot take that Andy Dalton has the potential to be an upgrade statistically because Bryce Young hasn't really done a whole lot so far. It's certainly not to indicate that the Panthers should be playing Andy Dalton. Obviously, they uh, they're invested in developing Bryce Young. And I think we can all agree he ultimately has more upside. But right at this moment, Andy Dalton's probably at least equal to Bryce Young in terms of fantasy impact tournament side wide receiver. What are you doing? I don't know if I'll get to Deshaun Watson as a quarterback play for tournaments, but I'm definitely playing both of his wide receivers. Uh, Mari Cooper, $5,700, Elijah Moore, $4,700. They're both top eight values on DraftKings for us this week and both coming in with pretty low ownership. Amari Cooper, 22% target share so far this season, but that's despite missing some time in week one. Jacob Gibbs of CBS, he's a great follow on Twitter, lots of awesome stats every week. He tweeted that Amari Cooper has a 33% target share when he's been on the field this season. So he's still the clear number one guy here. But Elijah Moore is a clear number two. He has a 22% target share through two games. That's a strong number for a wide receiver at you know $4,700 on DraftKings. And they, they get this Tennessee matchup. We know the Titans much stronger against the run than the pass. That should push Cleveland to throw at a higher rate than they have been. Uh, Tennessee 30th in fantasy points allowed to wide receivers through two weeks. Now you say you're playing both of those receivers. You mean in separate lineups, right? Not together. Yes. And if, if, if I do, you know, 
stumble upon a Deshaun Watson lineup, it probably would be, you know, a, a double stack with both those guys. But without Watson, it would just be one or the other. Tight end. The values start with the nap inducing combo of Zach Ertz <laughs> and Durham Smythe. Are you going there? Or are you looking elsewhere on DK? Yeah, I, I, I am going there. I have Ertz in my cash lineup right now. I don't, I don't want to. It's not it's not fun, but I think it, it makes sense. Um, he has 18 targets through two weeks. He scored 8.1 and then 11.6 DraftKings points in those games. That's that's more than enough considering how you know bad the tight end position is right now. And the Cardinals are going to get nothing done against the Cowboys. I mean, I'm not saying it's a good spot for Ertz, but I, I do think you can attack Dallas with your tight end a bit better than that wide receiver. I know, you know, Trevon digs out now, maybe that helps Marquise Brown in this game, but a tight end has led or tied for the team lead in catches in both games versus Dallas so far this season. It was Darren Waller in week one. And then Tyler Conklin led the jets with, with five catches last week. So I think it's another spot where you're just going to get, you know, five catches for 40 yards out of Zach Ertz. And, and you know, that, that's good enough for cash. The Dallas pass rush is menacing. So it, aiming for a tall guy closer to the line of scrimmage is <laughs> going to be attractive yeah. for a quarterback that's, you know, in peril. Tournament side, is there enough target upside for Zach Ertz to be in your plans yeah. there? Or are you smacking him away and taking somebody more exciting? I mean, there's enough target upside, but he's not going to do enough with those targets, I don't think, to, to pay off for tournaments, especially with his, you know, touchdown percentage so low in this matchup. I like Dalton Kincaid, who's $100 less than Zach Ertz, if Dawson Knox is out with his back injury. I think you could even consider Kincaid over Ertz in cash if Knox ends up not playing. I think I'm going to play Kyle Pitts in tournaments this week. He's $3,900. The production has obviously not been there so far, but he has run a pass route on 92% of the Falcons dropbacks. That's an elite mark. He's fifth among all tight ends in air yards, despite not getting a lot of targets yet. Like He's getting targets downfield. So there's big playability here. Falcons Lions has a 46 and a half point over under. The Falcons are three point underdogs. So if they're forced to play from behind, I mean, we saw Desmond Ritter throw 30 something passes last week. I think, you know, that's definitely within their range of outcomes in this matchup if they end up falling behind. Um, the Lions also just lost safety Chauncey Gardner Johnson for a while, which, you know, can't hurt Pitts' matchup. Fast forward to next week. Kyle Pitts <laughs> is $3,700. Never going to be cheaper. Fast forward to the week after. Kyle Pitts is down to $3,500. Yeah, I mean, at some point, it's probably going to turn at least better. We'll see if he has a blow-up spot in him this yeah. year. But, I mean, sub-4K Kyle Pitts is so at least a solid bet. Sub 4K and projected for 2% ownership. I think that's worth a shot. I mean, the tight ends all suck anyways. Most of them are going to score, you know, seven points. So even if Pitts catches three balls for 40 yards, like you could probably still win the tournament unless like, you know, Kelsey or Andrews have one of their, you know, 28 point games. Right. A just okay game is going to be disappointing versus his draft position. But when you look at where he's starting at in DFS, you don't need yep. what we were hoping for for Kyle Pitts when he was drafted. Yep. favorites for the flex this week. You said you're playing four wide receivers, right? I am in cash, um, which I rarely do. It's a, it's definitely a unique cash lineup for me this week, but I do like it. I like getting Pollard Jefferson and Tyreek in their tournaments. It's going to be a wide receiver for me in the flex too. I, I think again, it's a pretty shaky week at running back. I'm going to, you know, want the higher reception ceiling of these wide receivers in the flex spot for tournaments over to defense. Who are your favorite options this week? 
So I have the Jets in cash right now at twenty eight hundred bucks. Um, you know, just a, a, a talented defense. Uh, they obviously, they I believe they put up a goose egg against the the Cowboys last week, but you know, much better matchup here against New England. The Patriots have been leaning past. They're tenth in pass rate over expected through two weeks, which which you like. You want your defense to be facing more dropbacks. Mac Jones has taken six sacks and thrown two interceptions through two games, and the, the Patriots' offensive line is is all sorts of banged up. So I think it's it's a good um, sack upside spot for this Jets defense. Yeah, certainly an upside spot. I'll be curious to see how good the New England offense is because it has been fairly it's it's done fairly well so far. Did well against the Eagles in week one, but Eagles were also weak on defense in week two against Minnesota. So it's week three. We know more than we did a couple weeks ago, but we are still learning about all these teams. If you are ready to play week three on DraftKings, you can start your play by visiting DraftSharks.com. There you will find our DFS tools along with Jared's cash game and tournament articles for DraftKings. And if you win big, let us know. Tweet at us on X or jump into the DraftSharks Discord. We'd love to celebrate that win with you. <laughs> 